Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. It was the 10th century prince of the Kievan Rus, Vladimir the Great, who first brought the sprawling Slavic domains of Ukraine into the fold of Christendom. Apparently, in 986, Vladimir's court received emissaries from the Muslim Bulgars. They declared, though you are a wise and prudent prince, you have no religion. Adopt our faith and revere the prophet Muhammad, who in exchange for chasteness in this life, will fulfill all your carnal desires in the next life. They described the life, the worldview, and the faith of Islam, extolling its virtues and advantages. Though intrigued, the prince remained unconvinced. Shortly thereafter, a Frankish entourage visited the court in the royal capital of Kiev. The men explained that they had come as emissaries of the pope, saying, your country is like our country, but your faith is not as ours. For our faith is the light. We worship God who made heaven and earth, the stars, the moon, and every creature, while your gods are only wood and stone. They explained the Latin Christian life, its worldview, and its faith, but again, the prince was not persuaded. Jewish Khazars, having heard of these missions, sent their own emissaries, saying, We have learned that the Bulgars and the Christians have come hither to instruct you in their faiths. Uh, the Christians believe in the one God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They then commenced to explain the Jewish way of life, its worldview, and its faith. But once again, the prince was unpersuaded. At last, a Byzantine commission of scholars came to the court. They declared, We have heard that the Bulgars came and urged you to adopt their faith, which pollutes heaven and earth. They are accursed above all men, like Sodom and Gomorrah, upon which the Lord let fall the burning stones which he buried and submerged. The day of destruction likewise awaits these men on which the Lord will come to judge the earth and to destroy all who do evil and abomination." They continued saying, We have likewise heard how men came from Rome to convert you to their faith. It differs but little from ours, but they commune with wafers, which God did not give them, for he had ordained that we should commune with bread. For when he had taken bread, the Lord gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Likewise, he took the cup and said, This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant. Do this 
in remembrance of me, and so we must. At this, Volodymyr noted that the Jewish Khazars had also come into his presence, saying that the Franks and the Greeks believed in him whom they had crucified. Uh, to this, the scholars replied, Of a truth, we believe in him. For some of the prophets foretold that God should be incarnated in others, that he should be crucified and buried, but arise on the third day and ascend into heaven. For the Jews killed the prophets, and still others they persecuted. When the prophecies were fulfilled, our Lord came down, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he rose again. The prince, at this point, was beguiled by the beautiful words of the scholars, but he was still unconvinced. Why should God, he asked, have come to earth to endure such pain? Whereupon the scholars began a long discourse through the whole plan of redemption. The long discourse is recounted over 12 pages in the court chronicler Nestor's account, starting with Genesis and concluding with Revelation. At the conclusion of the discourse, Volodymyr sighed, clearly moved by this, as he recalled the faith of his beloved grandmother, Olga. But, wishing to confer with his boyars and courtiers, he gathered a council of state, he recounted each of the visits that he had received from the Bulgar Muslims, the Frankish Christians, and the Khazar Jews. Of the Greeks, he commented, they spoke at length, telling the history of the whole world from its beginning. Their words were artful, and it was wondrous to listen and, and pleasant to hear them. They preach the existence of another world. Turning to his counselors, he asked, So what is your opinion, and what do you answer? To which they replied, You know, O prince, that no man condemns his own possessions, but praises them instead. If you desire to make certain, you have servants at your disposal. Send them to inquire about the ritual of each and how he worships God. Their counsel pleased the prince, so he chose a delegation of ten good and wise servants to visit each of the faiths in turn. Wherever they went, the emissaries were welcomed with pomp and ceremony and honor, and they came away from each visit duly impressed. But when they arrived in Constantinople, they were swept away by the architectural grandeur and beauty of the Hagia Sophia, the intoxicating incense, the resplendence of the mosaics, the otherworldly singing of the choirs, the riveting drama of the liturgy and the magnificence of the vestments, they were astonished. Returning to Kiev, they reported all that they had seen and heard to Prince Vladimir. Among the Bulgars, they beheld no happiness. Among the Franks and the Khazars, they beheld no glory. But among the Greeks, they beheld wonders beyond imagining. We know not whether we were in heaven or on earth, 
for on earth there is no such splendor or such beauty, and we are at a loss how to describe it. We only know that God dwells there among men, and their service is fairer than the ceremonies of other nations, for we cannot forget that beauty. Every man, after tasting something sweet, is afterward unwilling to accept that which is bitter, and therefore we cannot dwell longer here. Vladimir sent messages back to Constantinople and began preparations for his baptism and that of his loyal subjects. He even negotiated an alliance with the emperor, sealed with the Byzantine princess Anne being given in marriage to the newly converted Kievan Rus ruler. Sometime in 988, in a grand ceremony along the banks of the Dnieper River, hundreds of the Kievan Rus were baptized. The old idol of Perun was toppled, and the Christianization of Ukraine was undertaken in earnest. That is both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net.